G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Friday, we like to check in with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, who writes article after article on his blog site, BillMuhlenberg.com, this week giving some special attention to issues around why things happen and saying everything happens for a reason, or does it? Uh, Let's get some insights, because so many of us grapple with the concerns about purpose and meaning, and we say, does our Christian faith give us a stronger foundation than perhaps other options? Well, Bill Muhlenberg's back with us. Bill, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Bill, more and more, these sorts of conversations about purpose and meaning, they are more meaningful to people who are listening to our conversation today, people who don't believe in God. This is something perhaps that's inspired your latest article. Yeah, well, we all should be concerned about, you know, the basic questions. Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What's its purpose? Where am I headed? So that's kind of... uh, Well, in apologetics, those are the big kinds of questions we would ask of anybody. You know, does the Christian have a better answer than, say, the non-Christian worldview? And uh, some recent conversations I've had with a few non-Christians, they coughed up some of the, well, often heard phrases like, uh, everything that happens was meant to be, or, you know, nothing happens in life without a reason. And I was thinking, well... The Christian can kind of say those things, maybe with a twist, but, you know, how really can a non-Christian, especially, well, certainly the atheist, the materialist, the naturalist, how can they say those kind of things given their worldview? Uh, You know, it sounds nice, everything happens for a reason, and maybe New Age types might be happy to run with that, but we need to look at it a bit more closely, and that I've done in my new piece, and I find some of the other worldviews wanting, and the Christian worldview really about the best we can get when it comes to why is stuff happening to me and happening in the world. Bill, for those who are detached from Christian faith, uh, they've turned their back on God. Uh, I know you've been writing about the alternatives, but a lot of people will say, oh, it's all about fate. You know, K Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be. Sometimes it's like superstition we turn to if we don't have an anchor in Almighty God. Uh, people believe all sorts of things and more inclined to believe even weird things if they're detached yeah. from the reality of our Almighty God. Yeah, quite right. If you reject God and His truth, well, you have to come up with your own. And often they are really quite substandard indeed. They don't fit with reality. They're not very coherent. They're often wacky and wild, as we say, the New Age. Well, you kind of uh, mentioned, you know, kind of fatalistic uh, 
uh, views. Now, by the way, you can get some uh, religions. Uh, you would say Islam is really quite fatalistic. Whatever happens is Allah's will, and that's kind of the end of the story. You don't talk back, you don't discuss, you don't argue. So you can get some uh, of the religious traditions moving in this way, but certainly the New Age, they, well, they always like the more positive spin on things, right? They're happy to talk about angels, but not demons so much. Uh, the same here, you know. So they are often the ones who will say, well, if something didn't happen that you wanted to happen, they'll give this kind of glib, well, it wasn't meant to be. And, uh, you know, whatever happens in life, there's, there must be a good reason for it. It's always a kind of optimistic thing. But again, what's the basis for it? Uh, you know, if, if at the end of the day you are your own God, as the New Age movement says, well, what happens when things do go wrong? Whether it's cancer striking the body, a marriage breakdown, an earthquake in Turkey, how to say a New Age philosophy deal with those? What is the meaning and purpose of those, and you could ask the same of, say, the atheist or the materialist. Let's stay with the atheist, the materialist, who says there's nothing beyond what I can see and what I can feel. In fact, the atheist, as you say in your article, argues there's no such thing as purpose and meaning. So, how does the atheist deal with things like uh, things that you've mentioned, illnesses, uh, pain? Uh, tragedy, yeah. those sorts of things. Uh, perhaps there's some connection to rising suicide rates and things like that. How do you reflect on atheists and their thought there is no such thing as purpose and meaning? Yeah, well, it's always for them a, a bit of a problem, isn't it? Uh, because, well, on the one hand, they're made in God's image. <laughs> so even though they deny God exists, they're always acting as if he does, you know. They, they too, have a sense of, you know, meaning and purpose, or at least asking questions about it. Why am I here? So even if their worldview tells them there is no meaning, uh, you know, that it still doesn't quite satisfy. So they, if you read the atheist websites, you'll see they still try to come up with, you know, oh, look, I still have some purpose. I still have some reason that's often quite incoherent and doesn't make sense based on their own worldview, but yeah, they got some real problems. They have to squirm a bit here, and I actually list quite a few quotes in my piece by well-known atheists, um, right? You don't have to take my word, your word. So I've got people like Peter Singer, the Australian philosopher, who said right out, when we reject belief in God, we must give up the idea that life on this planet has some sort of meaning. Life as a whole has no meaning. Well, at least he's being honest there. His worldview doesn't give a place for meaning. Same with Dawkins, who I quote in my piece. He makes it quite clear that, hey, uh, there is no purpose. In fact, when he was once asked that, what is the purpose of life? He said, you're asking a silly question. You know, it doesn't make sense. There is no purpose. And yeah, you're quite right. When we really get to the hardcore stuff, what about suffering and evil, right? We've got right now how many 30,000 plus dead in Turkey with the earthquake, Syria. So again, I quote some of these guys. And again, Dawkins, he basically says, well, I've got a long quote there, but let me give you the short version. At bottom, there is no design. There's no purpose. There's no good and evil. Nothing but blind, pitiless uh, indifference. That's his uh, take on all this. 
So, uh, well, another way of saying it is crap happens, just get used to it. Well, it seems to me that's not the best way uh, of either giving some help and hope to those victims who are still alive in Turkey. It doesn't help the one who's suffering from cancer, lost his job, lost a loved one. So it seems to me, while Christianity may not have, you know, answers to everybody's liking, uh, and there is some mystery, I, I still think the Christian worldview, bar none, there's nothing better. We have a God who cares, who loves us, who suffers with us. He's known his son as the suffering servant. So give me that kind of stuff any day over to the hopeless, uh, despairing stuff that your typical atheist will throw your way. So you thrown an issue like the dreadful disasters, say the earthquake disaster in Turkey and in Syria, and the thought that you might even be compassionate to people comes from having a meaning and purpose. Uh, Really, if you take a Darwinism evolutionary model there where you leave God out, uh, you're just a humanist, Somehow or other, you've done well to eliminate purpose, meaning, and design, as you've written about in your article. But all of those things diminish even our compassion when there is something like a national disaster that we all need to be responsive to. Yeah, and uh, again, it's practical, not just theoretical. Who often, who usually, you know, when something like this happens, who is often running there to meet the challenge, whether it's, you know, uh, Christian aid and relief groups who will run to a place like Turkey to help. I mean, 2,000 years of church history, we've had the same. Who set up hospitals? Who set up medical schools? Who did all they could to help the poor and suffering? I hate to say it, usually it wasn't atheists. Right? Usually it wasn't secularists. More often than not, it was people who uh, knew the Savior, knew Christ, who has compassion for us, and that in turn helps believers to show compassion and help to others. Again, doesn't answer every question about why this particular tragedy happened, why this particular earthquake took place. But A, we can give real practical uh responses to it, showing the love and compassion of God, but B, we can point people to a Savior who is known as the suffering servant. God is not immune from or indifferent to suffering. In fact, he knows all about suffering. God himself suffers, and he did on the cross on our behalf. So again, we got an alternative May not have all the details finally worked out, probably won't until the next life, but we have an alternative both to kind of New Age and Eastern religions and to the secularists and atheists, and I think it makes a whole lot more sense. So, uh, you know, that's about all we can do. Uh, We all suffer. We all have hardships. I've got a, a wife, as we know, that's going through the cancer battle. But it's a faith, as she just told our oncologist a week ago, right? He was amazed. You know, he said, wow, Avro, you've been through so much. And, uh, you know, I'm amazed at how you're holding up. And and she said, well, it's not me. It's because of faith. So uh, it's a practical hope we have, this Christian belief. And it's not just good in theory, but it's pretty good in practice as well. As you say, there's huge dimensions that go unaddressed for the secularist, for the humanist, uh, who cannot appreciate the things like hope 
that come from the faith that we have in Christ. It might even be, Bill, and I'll get your thought here, a, a, a challenge between who has the sharpest thinking on all of this because you've quoted a lot of great thinkers in your latest article. Some might be thinking, oh, aren't the atheist thinkers the sharpest thinkers here? Actually, there's some pretty good stuff that's come out now over thousands of years from the Christian church and from dating even back before Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, what are your thoughts about you know, who has the sharpest arguments and the sharpest thinkers on these things? Yes, good question. Well, I mean, there are sharp-thinking atheists, of course. Uh, you know, we don't deny that. Mind you, we'd like to ask where they got this gift of a, a good mind in the first place. In fact, how can you get mind out of nothing? How does, you know, an immaterial beginning, how does nothing produce anything, let alone a great mind, personality, longings for transcendence, uh, love of beauty. Where does any of that come from on the atheist worldview? It just, you know, how can nothing give us anything? So, but still, yeah, there's some uh, some clever atheists, but uh, as I try to show, not just in this piece, but uh, elsewhere, uh, look, uh, you know, all the objections they throw against God, all the try to, their attempts to try to make life seem somehow worth living under their worldview, well, it, you know, it really doesn't satisfy. In fact, I had a guy send in comments saying, well, Bill, you know, in light of Turkey and stuff, I just, I don't find the Christian answers satisfying. And I, I wrote back and I said, well, look, it's, you know, if, if, don't have to take my word if these great minds that we've had, again, the Augustine, the Aquinas, the C.S. Lewis, if their great minds can't satisfy you, well, I'm not going to be able to do it. But it seems to me, in spite of all of our shortcomings, the Christian answers really are a whole lot more satisfying, a lot more coherent, a lot more cohesive than anything, you know, that the other side can throw at us, including this idea of Dawkins. Hey, crap just happens. Get used to it. That doesn't satisfy in the least. So if I can tell people, you know, if nothing else, if we don't get all the goods in this world, we have a God who promises one day every tear will be wiped away from our eyes. One day death will be finished. It will be defeated. That's good news. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything an atheist offers me that gives me anything as close and as good as what the Christian gospel gives us. Good news versus the atheist's bad news. And for those who are looking to sample a little more, think a little more deeply through the issues. And Bill, I know you're intending to write another article or two around these sorts of issues here, but for listeners today, there might be some real help and some inspiration in the article that you've written this past week, Everything Happens for a Reason. And you'll be able to access that when you simply Google Culture Watch, one word, or just go to the website, BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks so much for another great update today on 2020. Always a pleasure, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.